Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Andrew Jenkinson, biatric surgeon, telling us why we eat too much and what we can do about it. When you look around the high streets, you'll see people with the condition, which I would call a disease because it is, it's called blockage of this weight regulation hormone. Walking around with six months, or you know, at the extreme, they could survive a year without eating. These extremely obese people who are 30 stone. And, and that's because their weight regulation signal, which is called leptin, is blocked. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Board Gosh Energy, putting customers at the core of under 20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core. Hello and welcome to the Throwin Independent.ie's GA podcast in association with Board Gosh Energy. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in the studio as always by Michael Verney. Michael, hello. Will, how are you, t- how are you getting on? Not too bad, yeah. All Ireland football final week. And, you know, we were chatting a bit off air. Having the extra week build up just makes such a difference. There's no rush. You don't have to go straight into it. Like going from the football final or semi finals right into a hurling final, it was only like about Wednesday, Wednesday when we people started kind of turning their attentions towards the big game. So it's much better to have this kind of long lead time, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. You want to, you want to be, there wants to be a countdown on. You want to have time, from our point of view, you want to have time to talk to people and get some, you know, very, very thoughtful pieces in the paper. And you want people to have time to go and read it as well. So it's great. There's going to be a big build up, especially with the, the drive for five as well. Everyone's been talking about it for the last, you know, since the hurling final finished nearly. Well, up after the Richie Hogan incident, yeah, then, then, that, then that they've that been took talking up about it. There days. seems to be a hangover from most games now for a couple of days. with oh, a yeah. big incident that happened. Got, hey, I've long may it continue. It's great content for us. And uh, you know, just got looking back, obviously Dublin Kerry. It's there's such an iconic pairing, isn't it? Like I remember, it's funny. I remember a few years ago, Jim McGinnis said, like, I think it's overblown how much the, the general public want Dublin Kerry, but I, I think. People do actually, even from not from Dublin, Kerry. There's something special about the matchup, isn't it? Ah, there is. Yeah, just from from years ago, and again, it was just even coming into before today's show. Just looking back at even when when Paddy Cullen was lobbed by Mikey Sheehy and all the different different incidents down through the years. Like and even in the last ten years, some of the best games we've seen. That that semi final where the Gooch gave an absolute clinic at centre mm. forward, and then Kevin McMenamin came on and basically turned the game. And then it was it two years ago? Two years ago when Connolly came on and kicked that out. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Kicked that outrageous point underneath the, the Hogan off his left boot there's just yeah. something I think David Goff refereed that yeah. <laughs> there's just something about those yeah. games yeah you know and even the casual fan who mightn't tune in the whole time who's playing Dublin Kerry yeah. Ooh, you know it's but, it, it, but, it's something extra because yeah the, the, the Herald's decade of the dub series which is online at the moment independent.ie yeah. some of the photos of the Dublin Kerry games you just oh, like from 1955 I think that's when the series kicks off and you just see the, 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 the jerseys and the in colour photos it's just there's something special about it and it's been such a large part of the GA history in general yeah I love a bit of nostalgia and yeah. there's nothing like that's as nostalgic as you get like all the old pictures basically just you just kind of see and you, fra- you frame it down through the, the different decades and just see how even fashion has changed how like <laughs> hairstyles are, people used to wear full suits to match yeah it was mad like and you just see how and 
things have changed so much and there's so much kind of information there and particularly on this great rivalry like as, apart from like Tip and Kilkenny or Tip and Cork and the Hurling like this is the rivalry mm. realistically this is the rivalry and it's like it was written in the stars that after Kerry missing out on five in a row in 82 that oh, 37 to years later yeah. that they were going to get a chance to end the five in a row they're great rivals like it's perfect it's set up the script is there whether they can deliver the yeah. script is another thing uh, we'll have plenty of football final build up on the throw and over the course of the week we're going to have a preview show with Martin Bretney from the Irish Independent later in the week it's going to be the 100th final he's attended between football and hurling so you know, make sure you tune in for that and then this Saturday we have a live show uh, in Croke Park we're going to have Joe Brody Tomas O'Shea Alan Brogan Martin Bretney again and me and Michael there as well and if you want to uh, you know, get a ticket to that you can go on to independent.ie go on to the throw page there's information there about how you can apply for tickets and we also have some great prizes to give away on the uh, on the night as well rather uh, including uh, tickets to the big match so definitely like, worth going to that like hen's teeth I'd say anyone that doesn't have a ticket they'd be there there for yeah. lively and I think like for the hurling final it was to the best question so you know a, a very fair equitable way of giving them away I think if you have a good thing you want to ask Joe Brody which I'm sure someone for years some of you have been wanting to put a few questions to him you know so if you come along to that, you could win some big tickets to the game. And obviously, at the weekend, there was plenty of action as well. Uh, the under-20 hurling final, just like the start of the decade, it's been a very good week for Tipperary hurling, hasn't it? Unbelievable. Like, just like 2010, to say six days later, to win the under-20 in similarly devastating fashion as they did nine Four years ago. Four goals in the first eight minutes. It was, it was actually unbelievable to see. Like They, just, they, they got a sniff uh, of a goal and they just took the chances and even like Cork replied really well there was a goal after less than 20 seconds Billy Seymour's first goal Cork got the next three points but Tip just had another three goals in the next six or seven minutes it was it was phenomenal what really struck me was the just the pace everywhere like they literally had pace everywhere and if it was to pick out kind of one player like Jerome Cattle who was on the senior panel he's a phenomenal talent mm. um probably would have seen some more game time had he not been involved with the 20s but like they look in rude health now going forward for the next while it's the opposite probably in a way for Sheedy in 2010 a lot of the 2010 under 21 All-Ireland winners were back they were the, the main senior team already, whereas yeah. these boys are all ready to come in now well I, you know it's interesting obviously to compare this tip team to the one that also won the, under, the last under 21 title last year because I think this tip team has far more potential maybe like the one they won last year was pretty much against the head like they, they played really well on the, on the day they scored a late goal but I don't think there was that many guys on that team that you would have maybe said oh they'll definitely be stars whereas this time around it does seem to be more of a traditionally strong crop yeah you pick out anywhere from seven to eight players that you think mm. will play senior in the next three or four years and probably three or four of them will probably play league next year and probably play championship at different stages between Craig Morgan, Billy Seymour, obviously Paddy Cadell, who was on the senior panel, Jack Morris. Jack Morris is, is, is a funny one. He looks, since he got the goal in the Munster final, he wasn't playing particularly well before that. Uh, they have an off seniors, and then he was coming on with the seniors and making a massive impact, and he just looks a different player mm. in the meantime. So, so they have an awful lot of players, uh, Connor Bow as well, players who were going to make a big impact at senior. So like... Sheedy's in a different position. He'll probably blood a lot of lads in the league next year, and it's a great position to be in. They're in seriously rude health. Like, and then there's all there's Mark Yo, there's uh, Jer Brown, there's all these mm. guys from the under twenty ones last year. Yeah. So he has the nucleus of another new team ready to go. 
And, and what about Cork? You know, they've lost two finals in a row. They haven't won an underage title since, I think, 2001. They haven't won an under-21 since maybe 98, I think, or, or 97. Um, and they've lost some, some games in the last couple of years in, you know, very kind of devastating fashion. Uh, I was at the game last year, the under-21 final, with a, a friend of mine from Cork, and he just said, you know, we've forgotten how to win some of these big games. You know, it, it's become a bit of an issue, hasn't it? Yeah, we were chatting to Patrick Horgan there about two or three weeks ago at the Player of the Month. He got Player of the Month for, was it July? And uh, he was talking about Cork's future and what's maybe what do Cork need to do, and he was just it was so he could tell how important it was for him for them to win a minor or a, an underage title, and he wasn't taking it for granted or anything. Like that, but he just said we need to tick off that box almost, and yeah. that box hasn't been ticked, and it's almost like it, there's a doubt there with them. The longer it goes on, the harder it gets as well, and you have lads coming through to senior, and they would make a big impact at senior, but. It makes so much more of a difference if you have won titles that you felt you should have won. Yeah. If a team is being competitive and they're getting as much out of them as they can, great, they're ready to go for senior. But if they think they should be winning titles, which Cork did, they were basically chinned in the Munster and All-Ireland final when yeah. they think they should have been winning an All-Ireland under-20 title. So that's kind of hard to take. Because when you look at that great Cork team of the of the noughties, when they the last won the senior All-Ireland, that was backbone by guys who had underage had that success. Like Don Logan, Sean Ogue were part of this great you know team that won minors under Jimmy Bang Murphy and won under-21 titles as well. It can give you that huge bit of confidence going into senior. Definitely, yeah. And those guys are just going to be lacking it a bit, I suppose. But there are a lot of lads that we'll hear a lot, like the likes of Shane O'Brien, Brian Turnbull, uh, Robert Downey obviously played wing back this year already. You are going to hear a lot from them. It's just, it is probably a bit worrying for a county with of that size with the pick they have and the talent they have. It is only a matter of time that they win an underage title because they're literally, like they won Tony Forrestal like under 14A and B All-Irelands last year. They're cleaning up at underage level. It just hasn't followed through yet maybe where everybody sees it at minor and under 20. It will uh, in the next couple of years, but yeah, they, you just do get that sense that they really need a title. Yeah, it's, it's funny if you look back a few weeks, you would have gotten you know you know good odds on Cork to you know win a under under twenty football you know before the hurling, and you know they're in the minor yeah. football final as well. So there's there's underage success at the moment, just unfortunately not in in hurling. No, no, it's 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 bizarre. They are been very very competitive though. So yeah. it it is as I say, it is only a matter of time for Dennis Ring. Like he must feel like he has some sort of a curse hanging over him or something like that. He just can't seem to get a team across the line. But that. Sometimes, sometimes that's, that happens. Would those players in three or four years' time, if they win All Ireland Senior, would they remember the under twenty? Yes, they would. But which would they <laughs> yeah. prefer more? And just w- one last thing on tip to, to score twelve goals in the semi in the final. You know, eight goals against Wexford, four against Cork. It's phenomenal. Uh, five, I think. I think they got one at the end, didn't they? Oh. Yeah, they got fifth goal. Yeah, so thirteen. I actually said that I thought that tip were like two cock-a-hoop almost after the semi-final did eight goals it was all set up for nearly a shutout and mm. Cork only let them score 15 points or something like that and then they just had them blitzed within 10 minutes it's yeah. f- it's phenomenal it's that same scoring power that we see at senior level is ready to come through more like it's just <laughs> it must be unbelievably worrying for every every inter-county defender at oh, the sorry. age of 23 or 24 with the thoughts of some of these boys coming through and, and there was uh, the ladies football semi-finals over the weekend as well in the Croke Park doubleheader good to see again 
you know them, them being proactive and putting it on uh, in Croke Park and for Dublin into their sixth final in a row now beat their rivals Cork who they'd lost to in the first three finals in that run uh, they look very well placed to win another All-Ireland don't they? They do just on the Croke Park thing as well I thought it was really interesting uh, I've been at like uh, football and hurling matches in Croke Park where there's been similar attendances that were at the ladies football yesterday and the noise was multiplied by about 20 yesterday in comparison it was just they managed to create an atmosphere I don't know it's almost like there's people holding up applause signs or something like that <laughs> but there's people the noise is great like yeah. in fairness uh, yeah Cork really put it up to Dublin it was I think it was 7 or 8 each at half time yeah, seven and they, all. They, were ev- they were able to kick on like the men's team almost as well they just have I don't know when it comes into that last quarter they're just kind of able to grind you down like Cork didn't really look like they were going to score they totally relied on all just the three free points taking. from play which yeah. you know that's you're not going to win a semi-final with no just you're not and I think while they did give away like Arlefin got eight frees and when they played in the league earlier on this year she had, I think she had 11 or 12 as well but Dublin were able, there was a lot of those frees in the first half they were able to cut it down a good bit in the second half and once they weren't scoring from play and you were only giving away a limited amount of scoring chances from frees they were always going to have a good chance like bring it on like Noel Healy came on at half time like player of the year two years ago yeah. that's the talent that they have worryingly from a Galway point of view is like Sinead Ahern was relatively quiet yesterday or kept quiet yesterday so there's a fair chance of her exploding in the final but they are going to be very very hard beaten well it's an interesting point you make about their ability to maybe to close out these sort of games now because in those early years you know in those three finals against Cork it was the exact opposite it was Cork who were coming back at them at the end it was Dublin who couldn't hold on for you know for all money and it looked like maybe a fatal flaw in this team's makeup but since then the last couple of years they're the ones who have been kicking on it's amazing when you get that window when you eventually get over the line um, I've seen that with club teams in particular as well you're waiting so long to get a county title you're waiting so long a pint beating a pint in the semi-final a uh, hard luck story in a county final then you do eventually you could fall over the line but once you get over the line things just start falling in place and then you start winning titles a lot more regularly and that's kind of what's happened with Dublin it just, it's like a release valve once you actually win the title you can just you just believe that you're going to win more so than not mm. Yeah, and for for Galway, as you mentioned, it a tough task. But for the moment, they won't be thinking about that. They'll be thinking about their great win over Mayo, a late free from Roisin Leonard. You know, a lot of pressure on to make that kick. Yeah, I, uh, that was the physicality in that game. Mm. Like, <laughs> no, the rules are whatever, and you're not supposed to shoulder. Not supposed, yeah. Like the physicality was brilliant. It was actually brilliant to watch, and I had to feel bad for uh, for Rachel Kearns when she went through with that last ball about a minute or two before the end. And I didn't. I actually hadn't seen it in real time, and, and she had taken two hops, and then basically got like upended and everyone I thought everyone assumed it was a free in but in fairness and like we give out about referees enough like the majority of people didn't see the two hops yet the referee was able to see it in real time which mm. is fair all gone um, got, I was at Galway and Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final last year in the Hyde and Dublin kind of just blitzed them relatively early a couple early goals the key will just be keeping it as tight as possible early and keep themselves in the game Galway won't. Galway is a funny one. They won't really fear Dublin because I think they beat Dublin in the league final or league last year. They were the only team to beat them, I think, last year. Yeah. So like they will have that belief there. It was a serious game of football, though. It was one of those weird games where it was really, really tight, but yeah, really, really interesting as well. Yeah, and I guess from a Galway perspective, it's their first final since two thousand and five. So obviously. 
they don't get to this stage very often. But when you're playing a team as good as Dublin, it can be it can kind of overshadow the build up by like the enjoyment level of being in a final when you have such a tough task ahead. Yeah, it, it is going to be a tough task. Funnily enough, like the the Galway Camogie team are in the All Ireland final as well, haven't been there for a couple of years. Um, it's a it's a big thing, I suppose, for County to be in dual. I don't think they have any dual players. I think Katrina Cormacan was the only one up until recent years. But uh, it's a great place to be. Like you'd much rather have Dublin overshadowing you in the build up to an All Ireland final than to not to not be there at all. They will have they will have a lot of confidence that they can do it. But as I said, it, it's kind of Dublin are almost mirroring the men's team. Maybe not as devastating at times, but when push comes to shove, when the game is kind of there to be won, they just seem to be able to be unbelievably tight at the back, give away very few chances at all, and just kind of squeeze scores when it can't. They don't basically. They're not conceding, and they're just able to squeeze a few extra scores at the other end and get a couple of crucial scores. They got two goals yesterday in the second half. Just saw daylight and once they saw daylight they were never going to let that close yeah and then just on, on the Galway Mayo game you know reading quotes from Peter Lee the Mayo manager he said it was that opening period he thought the game actually got away from them because he thought they were quite dominant and didn't really put much daylight between them on the scoreboard yeah I tell you what Peter Lee um would have gotten a fair bit of flack in the last 18 months over the various things that happened in Mayo and players walking out and selectors walking out and things like that. It's um it's a fair effort to rebuild as he did and get within a point of an All-Ireland final again. They were obviously in the 2017 final uh, beaten reasonably well but then there was kind of almost like a clear out or a lot of players left and like to be that close to a final again with a lot of new faces on board is a fair effort for him if that happens with matches sometimes though what you said there the effort to get back the effort to get back level after being down a deficit it can be very very hard to kick on almost yeah. you've used up a lot of your reserves I suppose so once they got there they weren't able to kick on but it was unbelievably tight like they could, it was a kind toss really to see who was going to win at the end of that game yeah and I guess at this stage you know I know the finals a few weeks away but hard to look past Dublin winning a, a third title in a row ah, it would be to be fair yeah. yeah like if it had been a cork in a final you'd probably be thinking it's not a 50-50 game but it's relatively close to that like you'd, you'd fancy Dublin by a, by a couple of scores you kind of have to, to be honest. Yeah, I'm thinking any other GA business we need to address. You know, obviously. yeah, we need to address our rising stars actually for the weekend. Yeah. And I mentioned mine already. Uh, Jerome Cattle, I think, is an absolute shoe in to have a long senior career with Tipperary. Unbelievably fast, um, really, really intelligent on the ball. One of these kind of modern midfielders that he can go box to box, but he can also take a score unbelievably well, and just seems to find himself in a position to get goals as well. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Billy Seymour. I think it was nineteen seconds into the game when yeah. the first goal was scored and I don't know can you remember a goal being scored on a big game quicker than that or even in like an opening minute I know Paul Ganey in the 2014 final that wasn't about the first minute but struggling to think of anyone who's hit the net quicker in and Billy a... Seymour as well was kept scoreless I think in the Munster final against yeah. Cork so he fairly uh, he fairly paid them back yesterday 2-4 from playing like his outstanding time well, I think we've just about covered everything from a weekend of GA where there was a lot going on and a lot more to come over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, just a reminder, we'll have that uh, football final preview with Martin Bratney and then our big live show on Saturday night in Croke Park. So make sure to go on to independent.ie to see how you can get tickets to that one. Michael, in the meantime, thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, bud. Board Gosh Energy. Putting customers at the core of under-20 and senior hurling championship action. Hashtag hurling to the core.